0: Joshua chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And so they took it up and went ahead of the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth... Set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. And so when the people broke camp across the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing." It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. And so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I think we can safely assume that God can do anything, anytime, anywhere, and in any way. It can, it can be pretty obvious to us after this passage we just heard that, that God doesn't have anything holding God back, that there's no restrictions on God and we can agree with that. We can we can see how it is true in our own lives if we will look for it. That's why last week we talked about getting ready to see because sometimes the only reason that you don't see God at work is cuz you're not looking for God at work, right? If you're not looking to see where God is and where God is doing then you're not going to be able to see it. Jesus said, with God, nothing is impossible. And the Apostle Paul said, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give all things? So it hasn't changed from Old Testament to New. It's still true. God can do anything, anytime, anywhere, anyhow God chooses. The only thing that has to happen is we have to be prepared to see it happen. We have to be willing and ready to see with the eyes of faith how God is at work in our lives. And Joshua then, this man whose name is pronounced Yeshua, Yeshua, which might sound a little bit like somebody else's name to you, if you have any knowledge of such things, because Jesus' name goes back in the Hebrew to Yeshua. And so we see a lot of similarities in the life of Joshua, a lot of foretelling or what we call uh, a type of Jesus. And what we see in Joshua is a commitment that is a extraordinary in nature. Look at this guy. Back in Exodus, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to be with God, Joshua went up there with him and camped out just a little below where Moses was with God. Joshua was there the whole time. Now think about it. If you've seen the movie... You know, it was way up on a mountain. It was probably not a great place to hang out. But he stayed there the whole time that Moses was up in the presence of God for days and days. It must have been tempting for him to go back down to the camp where the creature comforts were. But he didn't. Joshua stayed where he felt he was supposed to be. He was confident that Moses was the guy and that God was with him. And he was confident that if we would just focus our energy on God, we will see God at work. And so he went with Moses and he waited. And waiting is another one of those great characteristics that we see in Joshua. Joshua, as you probably know, is one of the two spies who went to see the promised land 40 years earlier, 38 years earlier, and came back saying, well, yeah, they've got giants and there's an awful lot of really big fortifications and things, but you know what? God's on our side. We can take them. Two of them said that. Ten of them said, are you crazy? And... As you may know, they wandered in the wilderness for almost 40 years so that the generation of unbelieving, distrusting ones would die off because the promise wasn't for people like that. But Joshua and Caleb were around to see it. In fact, Joshua was going to lead the people across the Jordan and to the promised land. And even then, 40 years later, You'd think he might have gotten older and more cynical, but he didn't. He got older and wiser, and he trusted God all the more so that he could say, well, this is what God says. We're going to cross the Jordan River, and he has in particular chosen the time when the river is swollen way beyond its banks. Think about that for a moment. I've shared with you already that the Jordan River, for the most part, isn't all that different from our Patoka River here in Jasper. But when it is swollen during the spring thaw from up on Mount Hermon and during the time of rain that does come even to those desert areas, it is huge. And God says, this is the time that I will have my people, perhaps as many as two million cross over into the promised land. Some people might have said, are you crazy? Couldn't you at least wait until the time when it was at its normal width and depth? But it was as though God was challenging the people through Joshua to do it the hard way just to prove that God is bigger than the obstacle. And we don't know whether Joshua had any doubt or not, but what we do know is that Joshua said, okay, then this is what we will do. And he went to his people and he said, get ready, consecrate yourselves. Tomorrow we're crossing. And can't you just imagine two million people, maybe a million. Let's just just round it up to a million, you know, or down to a million. You imagine that many people going, are you crazy? But they did it. Imagine for a moment that you're one of the priests and Joshua says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to carry this big heavy box you know, you're going to put lead weights around your ankles and wade into the river. I just want you to get the idea where I'm going with this, okay? So, so he says, I want you guys to carry the big heavy box and just walk on out into the water. Remember, it's a swollen, muddy, brown torrent. It's not a calm little river stream, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a flooded wild river and you know how rivers are when they flood there's junk floating down the river there's debris and trees whole trees stump and all right you know and and joshua says you guys are going to carry this big heavy box on your shoulders and wade right out into the river okay you imagine the priest looking at him and saying are you crazy but joshua had clear direction And he had confidence in God. And I can tell you as a person in a leadership role, if you have any doubts, these are not the times to let them show. If you have any anxiety, this is not the time to let it be known because you're committed to the plan. And so you do it. But remember that we have seen Joshua over several books and decades of history be very consistent in things that he did, and so did the people. They saw how he stuck by Moses' side. They, They saw how he believed when others wouldn't believe. They saw how he prayed regularly early in the morning. They saw how he always did exactly what God told him to do, even if everybody else thought he was crazy. And he always expected God to do exactly what God said God would do. Now, I've said something in the past that I've questioned whether it sounds worse or, you know, than I think it does when I say it. But I've often said to people, you know, if you're not ready to have faith in your own, then have faith in my faith for a while. I'll say that in a meeting when somebody looks at me and says, are you crazy? Have you seen the giants? Have you seen the swollen river? Have you seen, are you crazy? And I just kind of smile and say, well, somewhere deep inside me, I'm questioning whether I'm crazy too, but you don't get to know that. Here's what you get. Well, then just put some faith in my faith. Have I mentioned to you lately that faith and courage have a lot in common because they both defy human logic that, that doing the thing you're afraid to do is the very essence of courage that, that doing the thing that doesn't make any sense is the very essence of faith and so if I'm willing to be a little crazy and put all my trust in God sometimes I just have to say follow me I must be crazy and then look what happens God gave clear direction, and Joshua followed God's instructions exactly as they were given. And as soon as the priest stepped into the river, the water stopped. And I love the description because it says it just piled up. Just piled up. And remember, we're talking about a mile-wide torrent of flooded river, muddy, junk-filled floodwaters. Somewhere in the middle, there's a channel that they've got to negotiate, but they walk out into the water, and it stops. It just piles up. And below that point, all the way down to the Dead Sea, it's dry land. Somebody said this morning they didn't know that happened twice. And uh, yeah, it's just like when they came out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea. They walked across dry land. I think we can all agree now that the snow is melting and the thaw is happening, we won't be walking on dry land for a while. It takes time for water soaked soil to dry out. And yet, they walked on dry land that had been an ocean bottom or a river bottom. That's a miracle. Now we'll find out as we go further into the story that they even piled up some rocks there. Uh, there are so many little mysteries associated with this story that I'd like to share with you, but this is my tease. You have to come to the Bible study if you want to hear about those. We, we're studying this book on Wednesday nights at six o'clock, and you are welcome to join us. But uh, isn't, it, isn't it neat that the waters stopped at a place called Adam? Adam? God's always restarting. God's always hitting the reset button. Why are we in a season of Jubilee Sabbath taking a rest? Why? Because it's time to hit the reset button again. God's always hitting the reset button. He's always giving us a second chance, always ready to let us start again. And here they go into the promised land. The water stopping at a place called Adam, so that a guy named Yeshua can lead them toward a promise. Kind of cool, huh? The Lord wants you to experience everything that God can do, and the best way to do it is start watching for where God is at work. Join God in that, and then watch what God does. And if God says, do something that seems a little crazy, go for it. And realize that just like the flooded Jordan River, maybe the obstacle is there precisely so that God's authority and power over the thing can be demonstrated and not human authority and power. Because the ultimate message that you should hear week in and week out as you come to this place is, it's not about me. It's not about you it's all about God and the real joy that causes us to worship like people who just can't help it is knowing that we're in God's hands and that it's all about God amen let us pray thank you God for your word please burn it upon our hearts now for the transformation of our souls so that you'll be glorified and our lives will give honor and glory to you Amen.